0: Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen and amen. Well, we're so thankful to have everybody here today, especially on a rainy, rainy day. Uh, But we're so thankful uh, for you coming out in the middle of all the rain. And I know everyone here at Lakeland wants to give it up for everyone over there at Highland Colony. Can we say hello to our church family across town? We love you so much, church, and we know we have a lot of people today watching online and on Fox. Can we give it up for our online and television crowd and family? We love you, church, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you real soon, and it's amazing what God's doing in our church, and didn't Rebecca do a great job with the giving video? Like, we're so blessed with so many good um, and talented ministers of of song and the word. It's just uh, a rich... Provision God has given us with communicators and uh, and ministers is just a blessing. Uh, but I just want to say thank you all to each and every one of you who do give. It's it's amazing how God has grown our church in the middle of COVID, uh, and while we don't see that necessarily every time we come to church uh, in physical attendance. Uh, our giving units and all of that is up because we have so many people engaging online, plus members who haven't come back with COVID who are watching online, um, that all other metrics of our church have grown, uh, including financially. Last year was our greatest year ever financially as a church. Come on, church, let's celebrate. And God was so rich in his provision. And your generosity to this house uh, is amazing. We don't pass buckets, we don't manipulate, we don't do any of those types of things to to see that happen. Your heart for the kingdom, your heart for this church, your heart for what God is doing, it just comes in. And I'm especially impressed with our online audience of how many of you give so liberally uh, to this when you're not engaging with us physically every week. Uh, That's amazing how you have stayed faithful throughout this journey and we celebrate and we honor you and we're just so thankful for you and we can't wait for all this mess to be out of the way so we can see you again. We love you and we miss you. We know that you miss us as well. Uh, But it really is amazing how in the middle of COVID, we've seen every metric increase, including our campuses. February 27th, we will launch Word of Life Fondren. Uh, Can't wait for that. That's exciting. And then at the end of this year, uh, we'll launch Word of Life Poindexter, and we don't have an exact time for that. We'll just see how the construction process goes, but it's just amazing. It's amazing what God has done, and we wouldn't be where we are today without him and his goodness but without you and your faithfulness. I say this all the time, but it's, it's worthy of repeating, um, that faithfulness cannot be demonstrated in good times. You don't really know who's faithful to you until your life goes through a mess because everybody can like you when you're doing well, Um, have something to give, have a little bit more money in your pocket. Like, it's amazing how many friends you can have. Uh, But faithfulness can only be demonstrated in tough times. Now, a faithful person will abound in the blessings of the Lord, but very few people are faithful because so many people give up when it gets tough. Uh, They give up on God, they give up on church, they give up on people, they give up on things. But to see so many of you stay faithful to the Lord right in the middle of COVID, right in the middle of everything going on in our nation, uh, is just amazing. And I'm believing for you to see the blessing of the Lord on your life, uh, to just overtake you in every arena. But we really are just incredibly humbled uh, to have you a part of our assembly and Uh, A part of our fellowship. And of course, with um, the finances that are able to come in, we have seen God do amazing things. Highland Colony got paid off last year. Come on, Highland Colony. Let me hear you. Rejoice over there. Uh, We were able to build out our online campus, which still has not launched, but it will launch soon. Uh, And out of that, that will change the game in which our online audience is able to interact with us. We're able to go on Fox. Hello, Fox. We love you, wherever you're watching. From and Jackson. We're excited to, to be in your living room and to be in your home. Uh, and we were able, most importantly, to give more to missions than we've ever been able to give before. In fact, in March, I will go to India to dedicate a Bible school that this church built right there in India last year. Um, and just exciting things. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you. Um, and it's a joy to be able to do these things with you. Uh, let's open up our Bibles, if you brought them, to the book of Daniel. We're in a series called The Daniel Dare. Even, even the heavens right now at the Lakeland campus are celebrating your faithfulness. Uh, the angels are running at the thought of, of your goodness towards the Lord. Uh, Daniel chapter 6 and uh, verse number 10 Uh, we're in a series entitled the Daniel dare, and this series started off with me daring you to live like Daniel for like 21 days. I now want to change and alter that to just dare you to live like Daniel (laughs) instead of like for 21 days, I just dare you to live this way for the rest of your life. Like as long as you are breathing, uh, live like Daniel lived because this was something that you see was the fabric of his life. And we said this last week, but I think it's true, that as we're reading the book of Daniel, we see so much fruit of what God was able to do for this man. But we said we can't see Daniel's fruit without living out Daniel's root. Uh, That we have to live how he lived behind the scenes to walk in what he walked in in public, uh, in the forefront. And I just want to encourage you that as we teach on these things to adopt a new way of living and not just a new way of kind of interacting with the next 21 days. And so the first part of the Daniel dare is for you to up your prayer life. Uh, in fact, we say, we dare you to pray three times a day. Like hammer out some moments, schedule them, hammer out some things where you pray three times a day. And that comes from the book of Daniel in Daniel chapter six and verse number 10, the king gives an edict that says, no one can ask anybody of anything for any other than me for the next couple of days and they did this because they knew Daniel would miss it and he would ask God for something they could tell on him uh, and take away his power and all these types of things. So watch what Daniel does in Daniel 6 and verse number 10. It said, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered into his house now in his roof chamber. He had windows open towards Jerusalem and he continued kneeling on his knees. Don't you love the humility of that? Am I, I the only person who just sees like this, this mighty man just be so humble? You know, I, I, I want to emphasize this to you. You have to learn, especially as you, you see more of the goodness of God in your life, how to take off the kingly robe and put on the ephod, the garment of a worshiper. Um, because the more you succeed in life, the easier it is to fall into the trappings of pride where you make the mistake of Nebuchadnezzar and you look out over what you, you've seen and say, my hand and my ability has gotten me this, that you need to intentionally humble yourself. How many of you know, I would much rather humble myself than to wait on life to humble me. Uh, and so I want to come like Daniel did. And, and somebody says, well, you know, when it comes to worship, is it important like that I lift my my hands, or is it important that I bow my knee? Uh, I believe what Jesus said, you know, to the woman at the well that we must learn to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And what Jesus was saying there is is that worship is more of the heart than it is about the flesh. Because what she was asking is, is, you know, your religion says worship is at this mountain, this physical way. Our religion says worship at this mountain, this physical way. Which one is right? And Jesus said, it's not a physical way. He said worship can be done at any mountain. Worship is of spirit and in truth that you have a heart that is genuinely in awe of the Lord, that you have a heart that truthfully loves him, that your spirit on the inside sees the need to give him praise. Now, out of that, how many of you know, it's impossible to not have something in your heart without it breaking through your flesh. Uh, That oftentimes our outward appearance is a reflection of our inward posture, our outward appearance is a reflection of our inward heart. Um, if you're angry at me, oftentimes your face will let me know. Uh, your your to- tone of voice will let me know. Your interaction with me right now lets me see something is clearly wrong with you. This is why people will ask you, "Are you okay? Uh, are you mad? Are you upset? Because you're leaking. What is in you is coming out of you with your physical posture, and so So if you really are surrendered to the Lord, occasionally, and this could be done solely in private, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, you know, worship, and I don't have any problem getting on my knees uh, in worship. I used to. I can remember years ago when I was at, at Bible school. Uh, You know, you're in Bible school and you got all these people who love the Lord. How many of you are thankful for people who love the Lord? (laughs) But like when you're in Bible school, you've got people who are like really trying. Uh, Not that you're not. I'm sure you are, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, So out of this, you're around people who are like, you know, really pressing in. And I would see all of these people who were more emotional feelers than logical thinkers, and I was more of a logical thinker than an emotional feeler, uh, and still am. Um, and so, out of that, like, I would see these people, like, you know, crying and like all up in the presence of God, and like on their knees and at the altar, and like all of these kinds of things. And I was a little bit more reserved, you know, a little bit more in. But I will say this: my worship was not any less because once. Again, what God is looking for is spirit and in truth. How many of you know you can come down to the altar all you want and bow your knee? uh, But if you don't go out there in the world and bow your knee to what God wants you to do, it doesn't really matter. You can jump, you can, you can dance, you can do all those things, but just when you walk, walk straight. (laughs) You don't walk after the will of God. Uh, So out of these things, like I, I, I truly was kind of locked in, but I was fine. I was walking with the Lord, I was growing spiritually. But then I finally had one of these moments. We had a a service every Tuesday at Rhema called Exaltation. And it was just a a service that was a Bible school I went to. It was just a a service on Tuesdays where the the Bible school students would gather together and you'd worship. And I, I never will forget this one particular exaltation where I just came in and I made a decision to get on my knees. And it literally did break something in me. And you know what I think it was? Pride. It's, it's like uh, Brother Robert Madu was talking about uh, Wednesday night. Why was Naaman so mad at getting in that river? Because he was going to have to take off his armor and everyone would see his sin. Everyone would see his leprosy. Everyone would see his issue. And with the armor on, no one sees it. But there, when you're having a dip in a river seven times, you've got to take all that off and be a little transparent. And his pride wouldn't break. Um, and sometimes we need to break our pride. And these postures of worship here on our knees, these types of things, do well in doing that. And so three times a day, Daniel would get on his knees in prayer. Uh, and notice what it says here. Uh, he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. When's the last time you've done that? And, I, and I, I'll ask myself, Joel, when's the last time I did that? Uh, on my knees in prayer. Does this look like you? Um, Daniel, three times a day, he's on his knees in prayer, giving thanks before his God. And I love this next phrase, as he had been doing previously, or what we would say is, is as his habit was. He had a habit of prayer. He had a habit of getting on his knees and praying. Uh, And I see this amazing kind of life lived out by Daniel of him having this deep private devotion that led to this amazing public promotion. And we all want the, the public promotion, but the public promotion in Daniel's life was because behind the public promotion was a private devotion, Uh, Jesus put it this way in the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. They'll put it up on the screens. But you, how many of you know he's talking to you? Why don't you just say this? Say, Jesus is talking to me over at Highland Colony. I hope you said it. Jesus is talking to me. And watch what he says here. But you, when you pray, how many of you know he didn't say if you pray? Uh, So Jesus is like all up in your business right now. And he's like, when you do this, not if you do this, go into your inner room, close your door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly, King James says. Uh, Now this is very interesting as Jesus says, what I'm looking for is a very private devotion. And when I see this private devotion, I give you a public promotion, and this is what we said last week, that in Daniel's life, you see everything that most of us are trying to strive for. You see him protected in adverse situations. You see no weapon that has formed against him prospering. I mean, they put him in a lion's den, and lions who later, like, uh, kill people before they hit the bottom of the den. Uh, Daniel's sleeping on them, <laughs> like he's using them as a, a pillow. Uh, you see Daniel be protected. You see Daniel be promoted. Uh, For me, the thing that, that I want more than anything is what I see in Daniel's life is God was incredibly real to Daniel. Um, like giving him open direction where everyone else was walking in confusion, in the the land of the unlearned, in the land of not knowing, in the land of frustration. You see Daniel walk in with clarity. Uh, You see uh, God blessing him with even a natural wisdom that made him ten times better than the other wise people uh, in the system and the other wise people who did not know God. Uh, you see uh, God touching every area of Daniel's life that matters to you. And the reason why there's this open reward on Daniel's life is there's this private secret devotion. Uh, How often am I getting on my knees in prayer? How often am I yielding myself up to the Holy Spirit of God? How often am I allowing God to be the potter and me to be the clay? How often am I opening up my heart, opening up my life, opening up my time? How often am I working with the arm of the flesh versus yielding to the Spirit of God? How often do I work so hard to produce my desires and I get Ishmael's instead of working by the Spirit and receive my Isaacs? How often am I hitting the rock versus speaking to the rock? How often am I trying to measure up with greater performance than I am accessing grace by faith? And what prayer does is prayer is saying, God, I understand I cannot that apart from you, I can't do anything. I can't grow this business the way I should grow this business. I can't govern these kids the way I need to govern and parent these kids. I I can't even maintain like a healthy attitude. I'm liking it of myself. Apart from you, I can do nothing but through you, Lord. Uh, Paul said, in him I live, I move, and I have my very being. Uh, that through Christ, I can do anything. Through Christ, I can parent my kids through any mess. Through Christ, mountains can move in front of me. Through Christ, seas can split in front of me. Through Christ, bread can rain from heaven. Through Christ, I can have a cloud by day and fire by night. Through Christ, I can see a fig tree wither. Through Christ, I can see dry bones awaken. Through Christ, I can see amazing things happen. Through Christ, I can do all that through him who strengthens me. And what prayer says is, I get that. Now, here's the thing. I grew up around spiritual people, and I thank God for that. And when I say spiritual people, I mean, like, legit spiritual people, people who, like, genuinely and truly and authentically walked with God. I I had moments where I'd walk by my father's office, and my father would be praying, and he would say, Joel, come in here. And I would go in his office, and when I came in his office, he would say, you know, Joel, if I ever caught you doing blank, uh, you'd be in serious trouble. And blank was exactly what I had done the night before. Like all of those kinds of things. I'm like, Holy Spirit sees everything. Uh, so, so out of this, like grew up with some very spiritual people, uh, people who just walked intimately with the Lord. And I always felt as if, kind of like we do with Daniel, as we put them up on these pedestals and like we're in awe of them, but we thank, we thank God for them. And, and we're, we're very, very like um, uh, blessed by them but we never even conceive that we could be one of them. So we take like Daniel and we put him up on a pedestal and be like, Daniel was awesome. Uh, And then we look at ourselves and think, well, you know, that's why we need Daniels and we, we need these people. And God is saying like unto us, Of, I didn't put Daniel in scripture to be like, the kids need a good Bible school story. So let's like throw him in a lion's den. Uh, You know, that'll be great on Sunday mornings. Uh, You know, that kind of thing. It was not that. Uh, He didn't write it to entertain you or let Daniel live it to uh, have Daniel be exalted. This is recorded to inspire you. Uh, that you see yourself in Daniel, Um, and you see yourself becoming somebody like that who comes. Paul said, I will come into visions and revelations of the Lord. My determined purpose is to know him. Like, I can be intimately acquainted with the Lord. And I used to, like, put these spiritual people, like, on these pedestals. And, you know, in my life, I almost found prayer to be kind of a struggle, prayer to be something of, like, I don't know exactly what to pray for or exactly how to pray. And then I would listen to other people pray, and I'm like, they're so artistic in their prayers. Like, that's just beautiful. Uh, even when other people would pray in the Spirit, I'm like, golly, what? that's just beautiful. Uh, like, all of these types of things. And, like, mine was a little clunky and, like, you know, these kinds of things. And so I'm watching, like, all of these spiritual people around me Um, and uh, finally, like, I, I genuinely became a prayer, but here's how I began to pray. See, you are what you repeatedly do. First, you make your habits, and then your habits make you. And whenever you're establishing a new habit, whether it's a physical habit of like going to the gym, it's clunky. You don't know how to use the machines. Uh, You don't even know what this one does. You're out of form. Like you know you're out of form. And it's no, no fun. And you go home and you're sore. And 15 minutes, felt like five hours. And like nothing about it is pleasurable. You're starting a new habit. You go back the next day. It feels the same way. The next day, it feels the same way. The next week, the next month, feels the same way. But then all of a sudden, you're body begins to transform to what you're repeatedly doing. And now, instead of forcing your body to do something, your body is actually forcing you to do something new. It's like, why am I waking up earlier? I didn't even need the alarm this morning. And your body is becoming what you repeatedly did. You are what you repeatedly do. If you want to be something, repeatedly do it, and you will ultimately be it. If you want to be addicted, continue to yield yourself to something. And whatever you yield your members to, Paul said, you will begin to obey that. Thing as a servant. If you want to be addicted to Netflix, just keep watching it. Addicted to a video game, just keep playing it. Addicted to a television show, just keep tuning in to it. But if you want to be addicted to prayer, just keep praying. Over the period of time of prayer, you will become what you repeatedly do and you'll become a prayer. And all of a sudden, you're in the car, like picking up the kids and like before they ever get in, it's like, Father, I need grace for these kids who are about to enter in my car. And I thank you, Lord, I got wisdom them to say the right thing to them. I, I have patience to exercise, uh, you know, extreme humility when they're telling me their problem, uh, like all of these types of things. Give me grace. I was like, wait a minute, I was just praying. And you come to this place where prayer is just your language, that you're speaking to the father and you're yielding to him more and more. And the benefits of this are absolutely tremendous. In first service, I focused on one. In this service, I want to focus on another. And in next service, I think I'll focus on another as well. So we'll just kind of see how this plays out. But I said something at the 1130 service last week that I think we need to talk about this week. And that is point number two, prayer changes you. Prayer changes you. In the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 3, if you can on the screens put that up in the King James, uh, that would be wonderful. And for our worship teams, let's just end with the last song that we sang. We're going to end in worship. In fact, this year, every sermon, we're going to end with worship. Uh, My goal is to preach shorter so that we can worship longer. Uh, And, you know, with doing multiple campuses, uh, I can't manage the flow of the Spirit like I want to at the start because the other church campuses are waiting on our stream Uh, So what we want to do is to create more freedom in our services by worshiping at the end and then each pastor at that campus having a freedom to kind of read what the spirit is doing and then exercise that over into the service. So we're excited about that. Uh, So we'll end with worship and with uh, both our campuses, just end with the song you uh, ended with. Uh, So out of this in Daniel chapter six and verse three, it said, then Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because of an excellent spirit that was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, this verse of scripture is very important to me because my father preached a message on Daniel. It one of the last series he ever did called Excellence, Living Too High for Capture. And I listened to that message literally all the time. It was based off of this phrase that Daniel had an excellent spirit. And because he had an excellent spirit, he got promoted. And my father was teaching on, it's amazing how little excellence you see and that things rise and fall according to people's standards. And I believe all of us have to raise our standards and all of these types of things. Like when you go to a business that has high standards, we like it typically more than another one that has lower standards for how clean the restrooms are or whatever it may be. And so he was talking about living with an excellent spirit. And I was listening to this when I was 17, and my father passed away when I was 17. I began listening to this series, and I immediately felt a little condemnation because in my own life, I did not have an excellent spirit. Uh, There were things in my life that were out of control. There were things in my life that I wanted to fix, and there were things in my life that I was struggling to fix, especially the things I knew to. And I just feel like, especially for those of you who are interacting with this today, watching online, watching by Fox, so glad to have you, that you may be struggling with something in your own life that it's like, I'm struggling with this And I would often look at Daniel and I'm like, what an awesome guy. Have you ever done that with somebody? It's like, they are awesome. Like, they're so patient or they're so kind or whatever it may be. But I would look at Daniel and he's like, I'm only eating fruits and vegetables. And it's like, done. Like, no wavering. No, like, you know, sneaking a Snickers at midnight. Like, none of these things. He's like, on it. Uh, And you see his boldness of faith. Like, I will not bow my knee. I will not change my routine just so structured and you just see this amazing man. And in looking at that, um, I saw myself and I'm like, but I am not that. And I felt like condemnation. And I didn't know exactly how to go uh, get that. And the problem for me was at 17, my father died. At 19, I was becoming a pastor And so when you're becoming a pastor, it's like, I better get my life together, (laughs) right? Like, I I better be decently awesome, Uh, like, in in some way of, like, being able to be a man of faith and, like, hear from God and know Scripture and write a message and be kind. And then, of course, when you're leading something, the smallest the church has ever been was 400. It was 1,000, and then I shrunk it. Uh, But the smallest it ever was, was was 400. And so out of that, though, you still have to lead a staff, and you still have to, like, manage a budget. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out how to preheat the oven to put my Totino's pizza in much, like, much less like setting a budget uh, for a ministry. Like th- these numbers are out of my realm. And like, I know, like I need an excellent spirit like Daniel had. I need wisdom like Solomon had. I need, uh, you know, strength like Samson had. Like I, I need all of these things in order to win and to be the man that I know to be. Like, I don't want to be ashamed of what I'm producing. Um, and all of these things, and so I really began to wrestle with that, and of course, the closer it got to to that, the more I began to, in the flesh, address my issues of, like, I... I'll be more disciplined, I'll be more self-controlled, you know, I'll I'll go through these things. In fact, a lot of, like, my testimony that I tell that, don't get me wrong, I think I helped, I think some people kind of, like, uh, don't fully understand it because I have not taught it well, but I I literally did throw away my TV, read every book uh, that my father had read in one year that my father had read in 20. That's the truth. Uh, You know, I did nothing, nothing but study and read. Um, and listen to tapes and, like, sell out to it. You know, if you want to build the tower, count the cost, that type of thing. Uh, But even in the middle of all that work uh, of working with the arm of the flesh, I'll do more, I'll read more, all of these types of things, um, I found, one, I was becoming exhausted, but I found, two, I was still underperforming. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I, I knew in my own life, especially as I began reading this, that I had been like Moses proverbially hitting the rock, of like, "I need this to work. Like I need water coming from this rock." And you remember when Moses is hitting the rock, he's incredibly angry. He's angry with himself, he's angry with the people, he's angry with being stuck in a wilderness. And maybe some of you feel like you've been stuck in a wilderness. Like, you've been at this, this particular season of life where it's like, I know there's water in this rock. Like, I know there's something more to this. Like, there is divine provision. And there are miracles that should be happening. And things should be changing. And, like, I should be seeing God intervene in the lives of my kids. And they shouldn't be that far off track. Like, you know there's water in the rock. Like, I know there's water in there. And you're standing on it, you've got the rod, of, which is symbolic of authority, and you're just hitting the rock, and like no water is coming out. And it's confusing because there was a time in your life when you were a little bit more spiritually immature where you were hitting the rock with working, and it did work. And you're at this place where it's like it's not working. Like no matter what conversations we have, they're still acting bad. Uh, like, no matter what we do, the business is still not growing. No matter how much I'm trying, like I'm not seeing the change I want to see in life. And then maybe even on a more personal level, a little bit deeper, which I think hits us more than just quote unquote life. You're not seeing the change you want to make in you. Uh, and we're so good, like what Pastor Robert said the other day, you know, on Wednesday night, we're so good acting like Naaman, like we're, we've got this Christian thing down pat, where we're, we've got all our armor on, and we look shiny, and we only let people see our strength, but on the inside, when we take off that armor, and we get in public, it's like, I know I have leprosy on me, and what leprosy is, is something is eating away at me. And I don't know how to stop it. Like it's eating away at me. Like it's, it's attacking the fabric of my life. And a lot of times we don't know what to do other than just put the armor back on and go rise and slay. And, uh, you know, go out there and like, you know, if, if it's to be, it's up to me. And, you know, live this type of way and like press through and have more perseverance. And like all of these things that take us down the path of the flesh. And I think God would come to us and he would say, you know, right, that there is another way. In the book of John, they'll put this up on the screens, Jesus is having an interaction with someone. And this man came to Jesus by night saying unto him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher for no one could do these signs that you do unless uh, God is with him. It's a good observation. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse number four. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Verse five. Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. If we can leave that up on the screens for me. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh, more of you, is only going to produce you having to do more. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh. That which is born of the spirit is the spirit. Jesus said, don't marvel at the fact that I told you, you must be born again. And I'm telling you, after the 10 o'clock service last week, I went back into my office and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, my people have not understand the power of being born again. He said, when a baby is born, it does not step onto this earth with addiction. It does not step on this earth with bad habits. When a baby is born, it has no past. It has no bondages. It starts off with a clean slate. It starts off brand new. It has no past on it whatsoever. There is no stain of the past on it whatsoever. And I know with every fiber of my being that we have strongholds that have come and warred a warfare against you things that have been attacking your mind things that have been attacking your body things that have been attacking your family saying you will never be free from me but I've got good news for you the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal they are spiritual and they are mighty through God for the tearing down of strongholds and I'm telling you it is time for strongholds to go you can be born again where there is no past on you no addiction on you no burden on you and it's not by the flesh it is by the spirit of the living God but you know how you get there that which is born of spirit is spirit that which is born of the water and the spirit is spirit and, and you are born again one, spiritually by praying one prayer, but you will be born again physically by praying continual prayer. That as you yield more to the Spirit of God, I'm telling you, God can change you from the inside out. And somebody says, well, how do you know? I know this from the Word of God where we see Jacob wrestle so much with God until God changes him. And we see Simon wrestle so much with God until God changes him into Peter. And we see Saul wrestle with God until Saul turns into Paul. And all of these scenarios are people you never thought God could touch. Jacob was a deceiver. God turned him into a prince. Simon was a reed that was easily shaken, constantly backing out on his commitments. God made him a rock, someone he could build his church upon. Saul was a murderer and a terrorist. God changed him so much, he wrote three-fourths of your Bible. And you know why God Pick Paul, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I'll tell you why I picked him. I'll tell you why God picked me. He picked me because if I, the chief of sinners could see God completely change the life of a man, who are you to say God cannot change you? But you have to see it's through a wrestle. It's not going to happen just through one cute prayer. It's not going to happen in one cute service. You've got to make a decision to wrestle with God. But as you make a decision to have less of your flesh and more of the spirit, you will see God do for you, which you could never do for yourself. You will see God change you in ways that you could never change yourself. You will see water come out of a rock you knew water was in the whole time. You will see God do for you what he did for the children of Israel and lead them out of a wilderness and over into a promised land where your feet are in Jordan and the seas split and you walk into a land where there is no lack and you can eat bread without any scarceness where you see the goodness of God in the land of the living. But how do you get there? It's by the Spirit of God. It's you making a decision to pray. It's you making a decision to yield. It's you making a decision to come unto the Lord. And that's what I want us to make a decision today to do, to be a people of prayer, to pray until we're praying by habit, to pray so much until prayer is coming out of our mouth at all times. God, help me. God, I need you. God, I thank you right now and I'll bow my knee to this any longer. In the middle of a throw of addiction, God, you said I could be born again. A child that is born has no addiction on it. You're bringing me into a place of freedom. I don't approach this, dis- uh, this addiction with more. Discipline, i approach this addiction with the name of the lord jesus you will not have me in jesus name that we come and live a life of prayer no matter who you are god can change you the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing the spirit is willing to change you he can help a weak flesh just yield to the spirit open your mouth pray amen let's stand our feet all over the the sanctuaries today even at home feel free to stand to your feet we'll end with worship today let's pray father we come before you and we thank you in jesus name that it is not by might nor is it by power that we are delivered father we thank you we are changed from the inside out Father, we thank you the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are spiritual and they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And Father, I thank you today as we make a decision to praise and worship. As we make a decision to pray and yield to you. That, Father, we will not need to fight in these battles any longer. We use the weapon of prayer. We use the weapon of praise. We use the weapon of worship. And, Father, we thank you. You are fighting our battles for us. You are fixing what we have been trying to fix. You are moving what we have been trying to move. You are changing what we have been trying to change. And we thank you, Father. It is happening by your Spirit. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.